Hey there, and welcome to the Special Story Podcast. I'm Sharon. And I'm Steven. And we're here talking about our lives raising kids with special needs. Well, I think we kind of misled people a little bit last week. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Of course. We started to talk about our recommitment to fitness, right? Yeah, and then we kind of got sidetracked, I feel like, by the book. We talked about Max's, Max's commitment yeah. to fitness, I, I think, more than anything. I know. Yeah, if only there was a way to actually get fit just by talking about how other people are getting fit. Yeah. I feel like that would great. make my life just a whole lot easier. Yeah. Sadly, I don't, I don't think that's really how it works. Almost like if you could read enough articles about how to get fit, if that would actually get you fit. Yeah. <laughs> just okay. know it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that's all. That's all you need to do in your mind is know it. Well, I was just going to say that to follow up from last week's little intro. Gosh, I'm sure people were just, it was hard to wait for this guy. So here it is. <laughs> feel bad for them. Yeah. They were probably just in suspense all week, just kind of wondering. Caring. <laughs> caring about our fitness yeah. journey. Well, yes. Whether you care or not, here here's some details for you. I have decided that in 2019, I'm going to switch up my, I don't know, my fitness journey a little bit. Mm-hmm. So... Steve has been going to Orange Theory Fitness for a year. Mm-hmm. I think you started in... Oh, you started in January of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like he's had fairly good results with it. I mean, and, you don't have to brag or anything, but... But you want me to brag? Yeah. You brag can, a little more. You look yeah. amazing. <laughs> no, that's not. It's going too far, but no. Anyway, go on. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, and I've actually been going to Pure Bar for about a, almost a year. Mm-hmm. And but I kind of think, and I feel like Pure Bar and Orange Theory Fitness are very similar in that they I would describe them both as quote unquote boutique fitness places, versus like you know your Gold Gym oh, or yeah. the the cult that is CrossFit, which is kind of at the other end of the extreme. Mm-hmm. But I think that I'm going to try out the Orange Theory thing. So I decided this. I liked you know I kind of liked the high intensity style that Steve was always talking about. And so I decided I was going to give it a try. And so I went to a class today. Yeah. How'd it go? Actually, I know how it went. It's pretty, pretty good results. Um, yeah, I think in general it went well, but now I do find myself very tired and with a very sore back. Yeah. Because Orange Theory, you do a lot of rowing, mm-hmm. and I'm not really used to that. Yeah, a lot of rowing. And so I feel like my poor 35-year-old back is just like, what are you doing to me? Yeah. <laughs> I also feel like rowing is the kind of thing where if you do it wrong, you can really like hurt yourself. Yeah. So anyway... So, people, that's where I am. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it a go. And we'll see. I mean, if I turn into some sort of fitness fitness model, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. I, I mean, if, if I get, like, Instagram famous and I, people are just, you know, I, I can just live off the money I make being, like, an ordinary <laughs> fitness model, <laughs> I'll let you know. Uh, yeah. I also think that you'll, like, that it's a fun it's a fun group. Like, mm-hmm. they'll have different themes. I think you'd dig it. Like, the 80s music one session Ooh. or the country music or they have just different things to keep it light and fun and they yeah. have um, a lot of characters there so it's i think i think it's um it's a fun place to go i do i would i would get into an 80s yeah. themed workout it might help me to forget that i'm actually working out in fact i don't think i like i don't think i i was actually very clear about this but the reason the main reason why i'm going to orange theory is because now that you bought me an Apple Watch for Christmas, I've been able to record all of my workouts on my Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. So me being like the nerd that I am, I'm trying to figure out what is going to be the most efficient workout for me. Mm-hmm. So I have determined that I'm burning about 200 calories more at Orange Theory than I do when I'm at Pure Bar, which I feel like is a lot. Per hour. Per hour. Yeah. Yes, correct. Thank you. So in my mind, what I'm thinking is that 
if I am burning that much more in at Orange Theory, then theoretically I could go to the gym less, but still be burning about the same amount of calories per week as I am when I go to Pure Bar. Mm-hmm. Thus, fulfilling my dream of being able to go to the gym actually as little as possible. There you go. While still getting fit. Yeah. I feel like every fitness person in the world is like, that's not really what the goal is supposed to be. Yeah. But that is what my goal is, people. I'm just being real right now. If I can go to the gym twice a week instead of three times a week and get the same results, then I can tell you right now, that is what I'm going to do. And you know what? I'm going to spend that third hour back of my life. You know what? I'm not going to like save the, well, nothing at saving the planet. I'm not going to save the planet. I'm not going to do anything good. I want to like watch The Bachelor Ooh, or yeah. watch TV. You know, that's, I feel that that's what I need more of in my life. <laughs> I feel like. It's really hard to get that time. Yeah. <laughs> to find that time. It's ridiculous because I obviously am already making that time. But, you know, it's just, I just feel that I could really do something for me in that extra hour a week. And so I'm going to take it. So that is the whole point of Orange Theory is actually to allow me to watch more TV. Boom. I feel like Orange Theory is going to kick me out when they hear this podcast. But nevertheless, I stand by it. So that's where we are with my fitness journey allowing me to try to be lazier at the same time getting fitter. I'll keep everyone posted on how that goes in 2019. Woohoo. Woohoo. Go team. Okay, another milestone that we reached this week, in addition to my little fitness goals, is that Max officially has kind of, sort of graduated from occupational therapy. I know, have we mentioned officially on the podcast? We have, right, that Max Probably. goes to OT? I think yeah, we, have. we don't, we haven't spent that much time mm-hmm. on the topic, but we knew okay. eventually this day would come. I know. Okay, so so just to, to back up a little bit for those who don't know, so Max goes to an occupational therapist who specializes in sensory processing issues. So occupational therapy can be anything from, obviously I'm not a therapist, I don't want to speak for them, but they can do anything like Lulu could see an occupational therapist just for fine motor skills. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel, I feel like they do a lot of work geared toward life skills. It could be fine motor skills and helping you to write, you know, zipper up your zipper, feeding skills. They do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That was actually one of the things when Lulu was having feeding issues that when we went to the hospital, they were like, listen, if she has the ability to eat, but she's choosing not to eat, then typically you would see, you know, OT can help with that. They will get her to help her to motivate to eat. Mm-hmm. So with Max... You know, I mean, he, you know, he can write, he, he knows how to eat, but he was having issues with, with sensory processing. Mm-hmm. So we found an occupational therapist who was a specialist in yep. those issues. Which was great. You did that research as you always do. And you found some reputable place that wasn't too far away. They had well, a whole practice around this particularly kind of unique. It is unique. And it's I will say. It's not easy to find. Part of, yes, exactly. Part of the reason I bring that up is because I felt like it actually was hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like. It's like there's no directory for sensory processing issues. So not yet. I would imagine <sighs> one day that'll be nice. come. Oh my gosh, it'd be so nice if there was. I mean, anytime you take Max there, that that place is jammed with kids. Yeah. I mean, that is a very busy practice. Yeah, I don't so. think they do just sensory processing. I think they're just mm-hmm. an occupational therapist mm-hmm. office. Yeah, but I think they have a whole. Well, we know they have a whole but, specialty there. But they do have a big mm-hmm. specialty, and I think that is a, a main, a big main thing mm-hmm. of theirs. But yeah, so I think so I want so what I wanted to talk about tonight was just to kind of back up a little bit now that he has graduated, go all the way back to the beginning and kind of talk about why we put him into occupational therapy in the first place and kind of what is sensory processing disorder. Mm-hmm. Because it is kind of a newer thing. A lot of people haven't heard of it and I feel like there is still a lot of I don't know, just maybe just a little bit of 
I don't know, unknown about it. I had certainly never heard of it until we went to the doctor for Max's three-year checkup. And I mentioned to the doctor that Max was complaining that everything was too loud. Mm-hmm. I thought he might have like a hearing problem. That mm-hmm. was honestly the only thing on my mind was just, I was like, well, maybe we should have his hearing checked if he thinks everything's too loud. And, and by saying he was, he, he said that, mm-hmm. but it was more than that. I mean, he would actually cover oh. his ears. He yeah. would actually like want to leave the room. It would actually oh, yeah. deeply bother him. And these are yeah. sounds that are They're just particularly... sounds in the kitchen. Or... Yeah, like if we were, um, like I would turn on the vent over the stove, like, mm-hmm. you know, the vent that you turn on if you're cooking something on the stove. Yeah, and he would cover his ears and he would be like, Mom, that's way too loud. Um, or if I turned on the fan in the bathroom, mm-hmm. just, you know, like I'd bring him in to go to the bathroom and, you know, just turn on the light and turn on the fan. He'd, mm-hmm. he would, he'd cover his ears and be like, oh, that's so loud. It's hurting my ears. But it wasn't all loud sounds. It Remember, wasn't all like, loud music sounds. music would be fine. So yeah. it was this, anyway, that was one big thing. We're like, what's that all about? And yeah. And I think after a while, you know, later on, we kind of realized that certain, I think it was just certain types of noises. But at the time, again, I thought that he might have some sort of hearing issue. So mm-hmm. when I took him to the doctor, he suggested that. You know, when I when I was kind of describing, you know, this the fact that he was Max was saying everything was too loud, and the doctor knew that Max did have delayed speech, mm-hmm. so that was something. Those two things kind of went together. Um, so I think the doctor was he was looking at that, and he was like, you know, I would look into some sensory processing issues. Like he might have some sensory process, processing issues, like oftentimes having delayed speech. You know, because obviously you're senses is going to that's going to affect your hearing and then the fact that he's saying everything is too loud so he was like i might just get him evaluated and see kind of what's going on mm-hmm. and so the the main route that he told us to go was to get him evaluated through like our local school district through like the child find which is for ages like three to six we did go in once and talk to them briefly they kind of have like a screener at least in our county in our county is mm-hmm. not some sort of gold standard but they have some sort of screener that you meet with and they kind of just met with us and they, they didn't, they were kind of like, he seems fine. And they just kind of dismissed him. They were like, he's fine. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, we didn't really do anything about it. But meanwhile, we did start to notice that his, it did seem like once the doctor kind of clued me into like this idea of like having sensory processing issues, I think I just did a little research on it on my own. And I started to realize that some of the things that people were talking about that could be signs of sensory processing issues, Max was doing. So I started to realize it wasn't the most obvious one was was when he would say things were too loud. Yes. That was certainly not the only thing that he was doing that we started to notice like, huh, I don't know if that's like, I don't know if every kid's doing what he's doing. So, like, he has a super, super sensitive gag reflex. He always has. So, we started to notice that certain textures of food, like, he, he literally could not eat them. Mm-hmm. Even if he had wanted to, he literally cannot get them down. He will throw it back up. So, we started to notice that, you know, certain textures of food he can't eat. He's always had a really, really, really strong sense of smell. So, like, if I come down in the morning and I haven't brushed my teeth yet, he won't let me within 10 feet of him. He's just like, Mom, I can smell you. Like, I can smell right. you. And he knows what every single person smells like. Like, he knows, ev- like, every but, single yeah. person in my family. I don't know. No, just, so I'm just thinking, sound- like, no, so what I'm saying is, like, and these things are all just sort of, again, they're almost like indicators. They, yeah. So far, so what, right? So he has mm-hmm. these things. But we're going to get, I mean, eventually we start noticing a, a correlation between more and more of these indicators mm-hmm. at and how Max's ability to function and behave Listen, right. pay attention, enjoy company. Um, right. So there's just there's just a number of things that was continue to show up 
to max, I would say like his quality of his day, quality of his life. Yeah. And that's when it started to change from being like, oh, that's interesting. He's got mm-hmm. a, an immense, a great sense of smell or mm-hmm. he gags or, you know, well, some think, things that like. I think it started to just become overwhelming. Like I think, you know, now from all of the stuff we've read and just talking to him, you know, I think you're, you're exactly right. It's not just like, oh, wow, I can smell a lot of things. But it's right. like I can smell these things and it's almost like, you know, it, that sensory input in my sense of smell, it's so overwhelming that that's all I can think about. Or that fan that seems like, oh, okay, so you think it's a little loud, so what? Well, it just – it sounds like somebody's like clanging a gong in my ear, you know, and it's like when that happens – or like if somebody forced you to sit in, you know, a bathroom where it smelled bad, you know, and that's all you can think about. It just smells so terrible. That's all you can think about. Well, th- these are the experiences that he's having. And that's that's what it feels like to him, you know. Or, yes. you know, obviously with, with the food, it's like it's bad enough that it's making him throw up. So that's that's pretty bad. I, I mean, at that point, we can all relate to like scenarios where we are over, our senses are overrun. Yeah. And, and we typically know how to we either, you know, get a headache or or yeah. or. Where we're able to maybe remedy the situation, but for a little guy who's three or four years old, and there's a lot of different things that are right. overrunning you, it does. Um, it's over. It's very it's, overwhelming. It's, it starts to make it difficult to just be a kid. Yeah, uh, just to do things. Yeah, uh, just because to kind of make it through the day. Like people do say, people who ha- adults now who have sensory processing disorder will say, "Imagine living your entire childhood feeling like someone, just like I was saying before, like like someone is clanging a gong in your ear all the time. Just how irritating that would be." Mm-hmm. And they would say. They're not saying that, that that that's the sensation that they had, but they're just saying that feeling. That's the impact. The impact. That feeling of how overwhelming that would be to live with all the time. Yeah. That's what it's like to live as a child who is where your body is not processing literally the sensory things that are around you. So the mm-hmm. things that your body, the things that you take in through your five senses, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your sense of touch, all that stuff. It's like your body is not processing those those just material things around you it's not processing those things correctly so like something that that so for us for me i see and i smell and i hear things all the time but my body just automatically files those and says okay that's not like that fan that's not important i don't need to pay attention to that and so it's like you don't even notice that you know i mean every mom knows that at some point you like you start to figure out which of your baby's cries are important and you're just kind of like you, your brain does like it's almost like you don't even hear the baby or the baby whining is mm-hmm. maybe a better where it's like after a while you start you just you just it just fades into the background. You have, a, you have the ability to tune. Because you just tune it you out. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. That's some, I mean, it's a very good. But uh, for kids with sensory processing, no there is no tuning things out. So every smell is overwhelming. Every sound is overwhelming. Every like when there's a lot of motion, mm-hmm. it's just it's overwhelming. Visually. Visually, yes. Max will get a roll. So if there's a lot of just commotion that he's seeing and that he's picking up, whether it be just be kids, a bunch of kids in the room or something on TV or something like that, it's overwhelming to him. And so, you know, as a child, if you're living in that state of overwhelm, like that constant feeling of just being like overwhelmed by your senses, just like you said before, it's going to make it really hard to just have 
a nor- have a normal day or be able to react in a positive way when somebody's asking you to do something that you don't want to do or not do something that you're not supposed to be doing. Because listen, I, you know, when you're three, you get told not to do things all the time. That's pretty much your whole life. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do that. Put that down. Pick that up. Eat your dinner. Go to bed. Blah, blah, blah. And so, But it's, I mean, it's if hard. You're, and you're so, this requires, and by the way, it's not that every child with sensory processing disorder has every sense affecting them. No. You have, that's part of this whole process is to really figure out yeah. what are the most troubling areas. Yes. So they can start working through that. Right. What is but, bothering, what is it that bothers my child? So like, for example, a lot of kids with sensory processing issues will talk about how they don't like the, the tags on their clothes. Mm-hmm. They're often very sensitive to touch and the tags on the clothes will feel very scratchy. So that will feel painful to them Mm -hmm. max actually never complained about the tags on his clothes but he would often say that he liked the pressure from having long sleeves and long pants on his arms and his legs to this day yeah that felt very soothing to him so in the summer we would have trouble transitioning him out of pants into shorts Mm -hmm. like he just i mean and i don't when i say trouble like i mean you know max is i mean you guys all you all heard him he is a great kid but it was hard for him these are things that are just hard for him and he didn't feel comfortable in shorts and so but that it was was a little every day yeah it was a little bit of a battle every day he didn't look forward you know it was like a whole thing he dreaded getting dressed in the morning yeah and it's like you know anyway so it's just i just wanted to kind of point that out as an example of like you might be sensitive to clothing, but that doesn't even mean that you'll be sensitive in the same way. You might dislike the feeling of tags on your skin, or you might prefer the feeling of long sleeves. But either way, it's like, like you know, I, I couldn't tell you that I ever feel the feeling of the sleeves on my wrists. Totally Again, unaware. I, it, I tune it out. Yep. But if you have that, if your body is not processing that sensory input and it's not dismissing the things it should be dismissing, you're constantly aware of it. Yeah. So can you imagine being constantly aware of the feeling of the clothes on your crazy. skin? It was driving you crazy. So, it, yeah, and that's that's how she, uh, one of the therapists was describing it was mm-hmm. um, like we all have these filters, these sensory filters. Yeah, exactly. And they work pretty well, so well that we won't even we won't even be aware of so much of so much of these things because we know our brain will know what to tune in and tune yeah. out just by what what we are trying to do. Mm-hmm. And if the filters don't work well, yeah, then, then the amount hard. of energy and effort yes. that someone like Max has to put into just kind of surviving the day, it's yes. just so much. Yep. And we noticed another thing with Max is that he was exhausted. Yeah. I mean, he was just exhausted all the time. Exhausted. Yeah. So anyhow, so that just and that's hard for a kid too because it's hard to feel like you're dragging all the time. And how how are you going to have the energy and the resources to put into school, for example, when all of your energy and resources are going into trying to, you know, handle all this sensation and then, like you said, and then deal with the fact that you're exhausted from doing that all yeah. the time. So I just think, you know, I think for Max, it, it did get to the point where it was definitely affecting his daily life. It was just making his life hard. And I read something once where they say, like, how do you know if your kid needs therapy? You know, mm-hmm. how do you know it's not just, oh, well, you know, hey, listen, he doesn't like shorts, but he'll grow out of it. Well, what's the difference between that kid and a kid where this is a real issue and they need to go to therapy? And at the end of the day, they said it's it's really about, is my child functioning? You know, so it's like if you know, if your child wakes up one day and doesn't want to wear shorts and it's 80 degrees, every kid does that. You know, every kid wakes right. up one day, they don't want to wear shorts, and it's 80 degrees, but they, you know, they have they have something else they want to wear. They want to wear a princess costume or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Every kid does that. But if your kid wakes up every day for a month and dreads getting dressed and just it really is really, really hard for them, 
every day for a month or all summer because they don't like the feeling of shorts and t-shirts and it, and it literally affects their entire day. Well, now they're not functioning right. because they can't really focus on all the things that they should be focusing on. They can't grow and develop as a child because all of their attention is going to the fact that they feel uncomfortable all the time. Yeah. So for Max, we decided to put him into OT when he was three. We tried an occupational therapy office in Gainesville. We didn't see great results. This is where it's like there is a little bit of trial and error. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were great people, but we just didn't really see much of a difference. So we took him back out. We gave it a little while. And then this past year, we started no- noticing that he was chewing on his shirts a lot. A lot. Like he was chewing holes in all of his clothing, including his some of his jackets. Like we actually had to throw out one of his jackets because he chewed a hole through the zipper. But again, it was like he was really craving input in his jaw. So like, you know, it's like... So let's, let's pause on that because sure. that's almost like the... So this is an interesting element of it where mm-hmm. where in, in many... So far we've been discussing how much there's been too much overload coming in. Right. Like with the noise right? and the smell. And, but there's another aspect of this whole disorder, which is seeking certain sensory inputs that right. your body has a desire for. And it in feels an like to it's not like, getting enough. And why? And, and, and but it has a purpose too. These pur- oh, yeah. the, so the sensory input that he does seek mm-hmm. is for the sake of him kind of reaching a calming balance. Yeah. So there's certain sense. So we were talking about all these instances of things that would basically disturb and irritate him. Mm-hmm. And then you know, on the opposite end, there are things that are soothing to him. Yeah. And 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 one of those. But very, very, very common is the sensory input that you get from chewing on chewing, things. Yeah. And of course, as a kid, he's he just whatever's near him. So he's li- just every single shirt he had, yeah. anything you know, it was always like he. And again, this goes back to: Are they functioning? Or are they not functioning? If your kid chews on his shirt every once in a while, no big deal. But if your kid chews a hole through every single shirt that he owns. Maybe it's a bigger deal because maybe that is more Four, five year old kid, you know, at <laughs> yeah. school. Just yeah. going to t- he couldn't he couldn't help himself. So then we had to yeah. anyway, so Well and again it gets into a social issue too at that point oh, yeah. because he would get asked by kids, Why are your shirts all wet? And we didn't want it to become something that was embarrassing for him. And we didn't want him to have to, you know I, I just I never wanted it to become a thing where he felt embarrassed or felt like Oh, this is something that I can't stop doing, even if I wanted to. I didn't want it to get to that point where he right. felt isolated or he felt like he was, you know, well, weird or something like that. Well, not, not that he is, but I didn't want him to feel that way. Well, yeah, and, and again, this, again, why was he doing that? Because he was in an environment mm-hmm. and it was very much a correlation between when he was in a – where there's a group of energetic kids. Yeah. Right? So that's overstimulating right. him. He's naturally looking for a way to balance that out and to offset that mm-hmm. that imp- that sensory input that's overwhelming him. Yes. So it, it would be kids at school, it would mm-hmm. be cousins, it would be any yeah. energetic fun. He it would be kids he liked. It yeah. was it was it oh, was yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah. The, but the more exciting and energizing that it was for him to be a part of or even observe, yeah. the more he needed to offset that he naturally would reach for something. Right. So anyway, so that was a that was a um a, yeah, something so to work was, through. Right. So that was something we definitely felt like we wanted to work through and we noticed a big increase in it last year. So over the summer after Lulu had her open heart surgery we decided to go hard with the occupational therapy, partly because we hit our out-of-pocket max with insurance, if we're being totally honest. And we just kind of felt like, hey, you know, we've, we've got this therapy and we've got this time window where we've basically already satisfied our insurance requirements. So let's just hit this and hit this hard while we have it. So in the summer, we started doing max in occupational therapy twice a week. I mean, twice a week from the end of July until 
I think the beginning of September when school started. So he got about, I think it was like maybe five, six weeks where he was going twice a week. And I think that was really great because it gave him, you know, there was some, it was just a little bit of a, uh, just a, a big start. And then once school started, we went to once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, again, six months later, I mean, he, he will ask us sometime. We do allow him to chew gum if he feels like he needs to chew on something. So sometimes he'll ask me for gum and he's really good about not, you know, spitting it out onto the couch or anything like that like he knows Mm -hmm. that this is something that we're allowing him to do because it is helpful to him and he has to put it in the trash when he's done but he does not chew on his clothes anymore um and after six months of therapy and again i feel like it was finding the right place and the right therapist but it's been really helpful for him and he's come a long way and honestly we just did his six month review and his occupational therapist told us you know he's basically met every single one of his goals so we're going to Mm -hmm. The thing is, what we're going to do is we're going to keep kind of keep his file open, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So that way, you know, so she said, I don't think he needs to come once a week anymore, which is great. I mean, that's it's such an achievement for him. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are going to obviously keep his kind of like I said, keep his file open. And if we ever, you know, if again, if we see something else start to pick up, we can always kind of send him back and Mm -hmm. have him check in or, or something like that. Yeah. So I think I think this will probably always kind of be part of his life and something that, you know, we want to help him to basically learn how to, I, I, I don't know what the word is, just... There's a bit of coping going on. Well, yeah, and I mean, I, the, but the I, I don't way she described say, it, yeah. Yeah, I almost feel like coping sounds like it's like, I don't know, I don't want it to sound like we're, what I, what I don't want Self-regulating? Him, yeah, like, and, and kind of just helping himself. I, I think mm-hmm. what I what I don't want is I don't want him to grow up and feel like this is just something that there's no hope for him to fix and that he just has to mask or learn to hide or learn to live with or something like that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i want him to grow up and feel like if he has struggles with these sensorial things being overwhelming for him just to be able to give him the tools to work through it or at least to have access to someone who can help him work through it like i feel like that's kind of my number one goal yeah and that was not always a I would say it's not actually not always a view that I had. I think I used to be a little bit more like therapy shy <laughs> about it. I, I think I thought like, oh, is he going to get a label? Mm. People find out he's going to occupational therapy. Are they going to be like, oh, what's wrong with you? But actually it was his preschool teacher when he was three and he was in school and we kind of talked it over with her and she was like, she actually really encouraged us to seek it out. And she was like, you know, really, honestly, all therapy is, is it's just giving you the tools to help you to basically become the best person you can be you know yeah. so if he's going to occupational therapy all that therapist is doing is they're giving him the best the, the tools so that he can achieve the most that he's able to yeah and when she put it that way i was like you know what you're right like it doesn't have to be this big massive like oh you're in occupational therapy yeah. like what could be wrong with you it's just it's just more like you know everybody has their struggles and yes. this is, you know, these things are Max's struggle. And again, it, it doesn't take anything away from him. In fact, I actually really admire how much I feel like it's been such a growing experience for him to go through this and to be able to communicate with us about it and learn how to talk about it. Like recently, I had that same fan on. So in the past, I think this is probably more closer to the summer because he's told me it doesn't bother him as much anymore. But over the summer, I actually asked him, going back to that whole fan situation, I had the fan on and one day I said to him, do you want me to turn the fan off? Like, is this bothering you? And he was like, oh, 
yeah, I really don't like the noise. And I was like, okay, yeah. sure, no problem. And I was glad that he said that. And I think right. that's part of what I You're want him to learn yeah. is that he can speak up and say and say yes. it. If it's bo- I'm like, if it's bothering you, you can say. You don't have to just live with this fan on. And it's mm-hmm. bothering your ears. Like you can ask me to turn it off. Mm-hmm. So that's like, and and so, but as I was thinking about it. All of a sudden, I realized that the noise machine that I've had in his room every night since he was a baby sounds a lot like the fan that I turned the vent that I turned on downstairs over the stove. So all of a sudden, like white noise. It's like, it's just yeah. white noise. But all of a sudden, I was like, Max, do you also not like the white noise that machine that we have in your room that we play at night? And he goes, Oh yeah, no, that makes my ears feel like they're gonna die. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> And I felt, I mean... He's totally genuine and totally sincere. Yeah, like to be he's saying, I feel like it makes my ears feel like they're going to die. But, and so on the one hand, I, I was like, oh man, like, I, you know, now I feel bad. I've had that in your room <laughs> since you were a baby. Oh, no. But on the other hand, it's like, I do take that as a sign of growth because he can, art, he's obviously articulating yeah. that he does not like it. And we went upstairs together. You know, these noise machines, they have like 18 different settings. Yeah. So I'm like, well, let's find a setting that you like. So we're going through all the different settings and I hit the heartbeat setting and all of a sudden he's like, oh, that sounds really good. Yeah. I really like the heartbeat setting. Yep. And so just like that, like the problem was fixed. And those are the kind of things that I think it's great for him to be able to learn. Yeah. You know, that it's okay to speak up and say, can we change this? Can we alter this? I like the way this feels. I don't like the way that feels. You know? Yeah. And so to me, I feel like that this whole process of having him do therapy, but also us just reading up on it has just allowed us to have, and also him getting older. I mean, he's seven now. He would not have said this when he was three or four. Right. Nope. So some of it is just, you know, you grow up and you can have those conversations. But to me, it's like, that's where I feel like the real wins are, is just, it's part, part, part of it is him being able to go to therapy and kind of getting his body realigned, if you will. Well, yeah. I was gonna... um, and part of it is just him being able to learn how to adjust and affect his own environment to suit him because i think that's important too yeah and so i was just going to say on the uh the second go around this the second practice yeah of specialists that we worked yeah. with really really liked and appreciated how they approached the whole thing again like, yeah there was this detailed survey that we took that helped us kind of oh, yeah. have a baseline oh. of what we were talking about and it kind of opened our eyes to how it many was like nine pages long it was so many but i just... think it was nine pages long front and yeah back. double-sided <laughs> So it was very like that's a quote like, from friends. <laughs> oh, eighteen pages, <laughs> front and back. <laughs> and, uh, so very thorough. There was a plan. There was goals. We would. Yeah. She would keep yeah. us posted on them. She would. We would track them. Yep. And um, it was a learning experience for us. Um, and so I would. I was kind of curious. Like, so I remember one time picking him up and saying, what, "What's the? What are we doing here? Like, what? What are you yeah. able to do here? <laughs> if he, if his filters aren't quite working, are?" Are you helping the filters perform better with through these therapies? Are we helping him just to have some tools to self-regulate in better ways than mm-hmm. he's currently finding? Or, you know, are we just kind of holding, you know, holding him steady and treading water until he gets older and maybe grows out of this? And she's kind of like a little bit of all of that, actually. Yeah. So we are able to some degree help kind of like you said, Sharon, realign, mm-hmm. you know, reset mm-hmm. some of these things to help him. So some of these some of these issues do do go away. Now it's hard to know which ones go away because of therapy or growing growing out of them. But uh, but anyway, so that was kind of an interesting thing to me that, that to get that insight of yeah. a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, so now he's got better ways to regulate himself. He's 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 overcoming them. Yeah, his filters are getting better, and he's probably growing out of some things too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so anyway, so this is I mean this is a topic that obviously we'd like to talk about 
a little bit more. Maybe we could go if people are interested. We could kind of go we into can, some of the stuff. This is a big one because we yeah. seeing seeing your your child at their kind of their steady state, their calm. They're like calm, like they're yeah. when they're performing well. If you know, you, you see their authentic changing. Well, you just you're so happy to see them in that place when yeah. they're just re- able to enjoy themselves and, and have. Yep. Anyway, so that's a big deal. Really, we really were so pleased. That we Max has had so many more of those days the yeah, past year because has. of therapy. Yeah. Okay. So, is there anything else we want to mention on the topic of therapy before I go to my shout outs? I mean, you're giving me the zip it up sign. <laughs> zip it. So, no, I don't have nothing else to say. See, this might be a comment that I might edit out going back to last. We don't know. Podcast. I just, I, I kind of hope it stays. I did. I mean, I mean, for the record, I did. Just so everyone knows, I did give him the wrap it up sign. And then asked me anything else. So you know. I'm gonna take that as an, I'm gonna take that as you're finished. You're, you've been forced to be finished. Yeah, I feel great. <laughs> okay, got it all out. Okay, fair enough. I feel like maybe one of these days, what I'll do is I should do like a B-roll segment where I just let you just speak oh. your mind without the filter. That is me. Man. You know, I mean, it could just be you. It could just be you, and you could just be that. Could help people go to sleep at saying night. Saying your truth, speaking yeah. your truth. Yeah. You know? My truth. Your truth. <laughs> yeah, Steven's oh, truth. my gosh. <laughs> anyway, okay. Enough of that buffoonery. Our most recent shout-out, well, I'm kind of going back through some of ours from, this one was from November of 2018, but TMM Scan said, this is so heartfelt by a couple that does not take themselves too seriously. Can't wait for the next one. Thank you for that review. Yeah, and speaking of reviews, yeah, um, we could use some more. <laughs> I know, we're kind of... We're going to run out soon, and then what are we going to talk about in this segment? So where are you people? Now, I will say I have been a little behind on checking my Instagram messages. If you've messaged me, I apologize. I've been a little behind. One thing I did, I have not talked about on the podcast is that I've been volunteering for this gala for my school. I shushed Steve, so I'm not going to go into great detail. It's very time-consuming. I'm very behind. I'm very sorry. But gala is over now and it was it was good it was, it was a success. great success it was great so, so where I, can people give us feedback okay so now that i feel like i'm back in the land of the living here is where you can reach me and i will do my utmost to actually answer you and that is at special story story with an e on instagram um we have a facebook page also called special story and we have a website also called special story which also i think i'm a little behind in posting our show notes and our episodes on our website so again i really do apologize it was just i just the gala took over my life <laughs> it, took, it took me over it was a doozy I'm sorry um but i mean really... it was good it was for a good cause it was good i don't mean to like throw the gala under the bus but it was just time consuming no and it was worth it it was an awesome event yeah. um but just thanks to everybody who has been spreading the word and and yes. and sharing the podcast with others. Um, it's it's really neat. More and more people are learning mm-hmm. about it. I got you know people at work are having their neighbors listen to it, and yeah. Uh, and so it's just it's just thank yeah. you for that. We appreciate yeah, it, it is. It's always kind of fun to just hear or even just see people that we haven't seen in a while and have them comment on it or bring it up. Or people will sometimes just send me articles and stuff like that, and I love that. I love oh, getting that's great. Just, yeah, just just kind of stuff that they find and they th- they think of us because they know we're kind of doing this. So anyway, mm-hmm. so keep that up. We love it. Yes, thank you. So anyways. All right, I think that's all we have for tonight. Great job. <laughs> now that I've shushed Steve, I think we should probably finish. <laughs> all right. Okay. Bye, Talk everybody. to you next week. Bye.